Welcome back to the Broadway Block, everyone. On today's episode, we're going to go over last week's games, and we got a very special guest, Johnny Laz. What's up, fellas? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Welcome, Johnny. Have you been feeling about the Rangers recently, Johnny? Well, I was at the game last night against the Coyotes, and uh, I got to tell you, that game was so boring um, for the first you know, 30 or so minutes. Didn't seem like much was happening as far as the whole pace of play. I mean, Arizona was dominating the Rangers completely, and you know, a lot could be said to the Rangers traveling, you know, playing against Nashville on Saturday, and then you know that quick turnaround. And also, there's people saying the ice could be bad because UFC was at MSG on Saturday. The Knicks played Sunday afternoon, but the Ari- the Arizona Coyotes didn't make the ice look bad at all. So it was kind of just one sided. But um, as far as the team goes, like it's you know it's been a little weird, but I think now is the time where you try to find different line combinations. I like that Galant's, you know, making some different combos. I like that BC's on the first line. I like that Gauthier is getting some ice time. I think having the kid line back together was a very good move, even though, you know, they haven't necessarily been as electric as they have, I think, you know, in uh, in recent games. But um, you got to do something to change things up, right, when things aren't going your way. So now is the time because last year, you know, I felt like they didn't really change a lot up and that kind of cost them in the end when you know, Tampa Bay kind of caught on to what they were doing. They couldn't make any adjustments. And now, you know, they're making those adjustments early on and that's going to pay off in the long run. So I'm not too concerned. I also kind of, you know, this is a long-winded answer, but, um, you know, I wasn't expecting such an incredible start. I said it on my show, The Blue Crew, that I think the Rangers are going to lose in the first round this year just because of, you know, all the growing pains that they're going to go through when you have, you know, Kako, Lafreniere, Heedle, Kravtsov, all these young guys taking those next steps. You know, they don't always succeed right away. So, I, I'm not concerned. I think the Rangers are a playoff team and I think they're a good team uh, and I think they're just going to have to kind of figure it out. So, you know, that's my long-winded answer there. I called second round just to be fair. So I, I, uh-huh. I do kind of agree with you. I feel like it's going to be hard to replicate that. And I would say I agree with the line changes. It's going to be nice to see if we have some options going down the road because certainly felt like we just stood pat and just kind of, you know, well, we had a two-game lead. So obviously nothing's really broken, but you're right. The lightning definitely adjusted and definitely showed that they had done that sort of move before um the kid line being back together though they didn't quite cash in together um we saw the goal by Heedle, but uh i do agree with you that getting those guys to play in a in a way that they were maybe we don't right quite get that uh chemistry that we were getting in the in the postseason it really felt like they were like clicking back then um but it's going to be interesting to see how they battle through this series of what i'm going to call some pretty winnable games because you always end up playing to the level, and I felt like last night we just did. Um, the ice felt tilted, and we didn't even get a shot for the first 12 and a half minutes. Um, after right. that, I felt like Igor sort of steadily kept us in the game because it, it could have been at least 2 nothing going into that second. And I think us starting that period on some even playing field, it started to feel like we took over the game a little bit. Um, Kreider, I also felt like played an inspired game, especially maybe after that little talk from Gallant. Um, I've been liking what I've been seeing from Kreider and Heedle too, uh, ever since he's come back from injury, he's looked great. So, I mean, there are some things to look at. There are some things that are encouraging to see if you're a Rangers fan, but it almost felt like the Minnesota game uh, where we won seven to three. And then we just go get like a flat line, no momentum um, and leave Halak out to dry. And the same exact thing happened, man. We're up eight to two against Detroit feeling all good. You know, you, like you mentioned, you can maybe blame the workload three games and four nights, but mm-hmm. um, going into that game, man, you just, you wanted to see more of a performance against the Preds. And I felt a little lackluster there. Um, 
And if you don't beat the coyotes, this is a, this is a much different podcast, but. Oh yeah. It also is, you know, a lot of people kind of harp over this, but it is such a real thing. Like it is hard to get up to play a game against like the Arizona coyotes. Like it's not, and that's no disrespect to them. It's just when you play 82 games in a season and you know, no matter what level you're at, like the college level, you know, juniors, like when you're playing so many games and everything's just so repetitive, like there are times where you just can't get that emotion up. And that's sometimes what separates a really good team from, you know, a mediocre team and then and a good team and a bad team. Like, you know, every team now after the year, the Rangers had last year is getting up to play against the Rangers. You know, the Rangers put themselves on the map. They have the, you know, Vezina win- winning goalie. They have a Norris defenseman. They have an MVP candidate, arguably in Panarin. And people want to beat them. Whereas, you know, the Rangers right now, you know, they, they think they can just go out and, and outskill teams and, and win just based on skill and based on having Igor and net. And that's just not the case. And they're learning that right now. I think a lot of the post-game quotes lately have been, you know, we got to put together the full 60 minutes. Like that's been the whole message this year, I think, is that, you know, they'll play good for 50 and they'll, you know, kind of fall asleep for five or 10 and then that costs them in the long run. So, you know, I think they're starting to understand in the room that they don't have what they had last year and they're going to have to find that amongst themselves, which at some point I have to think will happen because it's not like they're playing bad hockey. They're just not playing complete hockey. So like it is a little alarming when they play down to their level and then, you know, all of a sudden they can rise up and, and you know, compete against Colorado Avalanche team, take it to a shootout. You know, and then they, like you said, put up, I think it was eight shots at the end of the second period last night against Arizona, which was just like horrible. Um, although something that was encouraging was Kreider had seven shots on goal last night. Like to your point, I know I that because playing against be- him in fantasy hockey. So I was watching <laughs> the whole time. I was like, oh, I was saying he was like right there the whole time. I was like, oh, of course he scored. I had the over on three shots for Kreider last night. So I know exactly how oh, he had. You're tuning into that one. I had Mika too. I think Mika only had two shots last night though, which was a bummer, but um yeah like like listen they're getting chances they're coming the puck just like wasn't going in for a bit and that's going to happen but you know i i do think that this is a good hockey team and and they're going to get on you know there's going to be a point this year where they win like eight to ten in a row i know it's going to happen i i was thinking (laughs) like we haven't gotten the production from like the third and fourth line but like you know that first barkley goodrow goal last night really like he's really been when we've needed a goal goody's come out of nowhere ever since that first game he's really stepped up Another person who's been pretty consistent for us day in and day out has been Adam Fox. I think he's elevated to another level this year. Johnny Laz, do you think Fox has reached his potential or he's just going to keep getting better this year? Oh, he's going to keep getting better. I mean, for him, it's always been about speed and strength. Like he's got everything else. It's all about speed and strength. And he looks like a faster, stronger player. Like I, I mean, I, I keep watching that McKinnon play where he knocks McKinnon on his butt and then joins the rush and has that tap in goal to tie the game at two, two against the abs. But Adams, what 24 turning 25 this year. Like he hasn't even reached his prime yet. Like he's still got two or three years till he's there. And at every level, he's always gotten better. Like that's just how he's been in his development. Like I've known him since we're like 10 years old and he's always just improved and improved and improved like at every single level. So I, I have to think like, he's only going to get much stronger, much faster. And like, we've started to see him now take a slap shot every now and then he scored a slap shot goal against uh, Detroit. I think to start I've, that I've been waiting period. for him to score in the power play and stuff. Yeah. Shooting more like that. Well, he's never been a shoot first guy. And I think now he's starting to understand that his shot has to be a threat because I think the opponents are starting to catch on to it where they know he's a pass first guy and they'll kind of take away those sticks in front and force him to shoot. But now he's going to score goals. Like last night, 
I thought he had a really aggressive goal. He came into the slot. He saw some space. Although his initial shot got blocked, he stuck with it and went top shelf. Like that was, you know, just a, a great aggressive play on his part where he's usually not below the top of the circles for the most part because he makes everything happen from the blue line. Like the way he walks the blue line and sees the offensive zone is, you know, bar none to anyone else, I think, in the league. Like you can say McCarr is a better player, but I don't think McCarr sees the ice as well as Fox does. I don't think anyone sees the ice as well as Fox does. Maybe, you know, maybe Crosby. Like I, I like people compare Kale to you know Connor McDavid. They say McCarr is the McDavid of the blue line, but I would say that Fox is the Crosby of the blue line. Like he's so right. smart out there, you know. Like um, so as far as his full potential, I, I you know I don't think he's. I don't want to say I don't think he's even close, but I think there's still so much improvement to come just because it really is a physical thing. It's not a mental thing for him. Fox also quietly leading um, amongst the defensemen in most points. Um, as far as Fox's potential, I feel like we've seen the glimpses, but I would agree that that his full prime is, is yet to be seen. I do love those uh, sneaky little looks like he's going to kind of wrap around the boards and then just cuts right to the middle of the net with that backhand. We've seen mm-hmm. the move a couple of times. We saw it once last year um, and we've seen him cash in on it. So I feel like more of those are to, are to come because of the way that he sees the game and he knows that he can take those t- opportunities to step up. I would also agree that people are starting to figure it out that Fox shoulder fake. Everyone knows it's a fake now. So you got to either double fake or double down and just shoot it. If you're Gerard Gallant, you have to, I think give that creative leeway and you have to like almost encourage Fox to play the game like that. And you say, shoot first, the Rangers have always needed a shoot first type of guy. Mm -hmm. So if he can own that role, I mean, look out, that would be fantastic, especially, you know, the slap shot's great, but it doesn't always have to score. It's just getting the shot to the net is something that Rangers fans have always kind of wanted to see. And, and we see a lot, I think, and maybe enough of those little cute passes that occasionally just playing some, some really simple hockey would do us some good. He actually had one play, and I'll never forget it. Last year, it was game one of the Penguin series. It was probably, I think, double overtime. And he got the puck in the slot with a chance to win the game in overtime. And he went back He went back door to, I want to say, Vetrano. He was looking for Vetrano back door, and the pass got picked off. And, never do that you know, again. And that's a play where like you do, like he's a guy, like when fans scream, like, shoot it, shoot it, when Fox has it, like, he's the one exception where you don't yell at him to shoot because nine times out of 10, that pass gets through. But I think that experience in itself throughout the playoffs last year, we saw him score that big goal in game seven against Carolina because he just took the shot. Um, You know, I'm trying to think of another like big goal that he scored, but you know, to that example, the more situations he's put in, the more he's going to learn. Like I, I really do think that, that one scoring chance was in his in his mind a little bit throughout the playoffs last year, just because he's always been the pass first guy. And you know, my biggest criticism on the Rangers is that they play too cute, like always. And it's hard to tell them they can't because that's a, that's what a skill team does. Like that's what you like. That's their bread and butter, you know. So um, I think learning from that too, and not just Fox, but all around, like Panarin, you know, a little more shoot first, maybe when the games matter more. You know, I think that's a huge learning lesson as well. Johnny, how have you felt about Truba? Are you part of the angry mob that's like, get him out of town, send him to Tampa, get him out of here, whatever? Or are you feeling like he's just doing his usual Truba thing, shooting, one of them will <laughs> fall eventually, killing penalties? I know they've switched up the lines a little bit here and there. Do you think Truba's living up to that expectation of captain or has he like let you down a little bit? I don't want to say he's let me down. But I do think he hasn't really been put in situations to thrive, if that makes sense. Like, 
like Jacob Truba is a very good hockey player, but I think at this point of his career, he doesn't really have much business running a power play unit. Like I think last night the puck, like he got a simple pass in the blind last night and the puck just like went through his blade like three times. And, you know, that's not a skill thing. That's a confidence thing. You know, I think right now, like he's just not as confident as he once was offensively. And that's fine. Like, you know, I know he's making $8 million a year, but that's to shut teams down and not let anyone score and be that physical presence in the blue line. Like he doesn't have to be, you know, that 50, 60 point defenseman scorer that he once was, or I don't even know if he ever had 50 or 60, but you know, he doesn't have to be that guy the Rangers signed him to be because we have Adam Fox and because Keandre Miller is now emerging as like an offensive talent. I think, you know, he can be a PK guy, a shutdown D guy and, and give that second unit to someone else. Like, I think everyone's frustrated with Truba because of the offensive ability that he once had, which is just not there right now. You know, he's still getting pucks on net, but he's just not making like creative offensive plays. He just like looks nervous with the puck. And that's that's what's like disappointing. I, I wouldn't say it's like a failure or anything. Like I'm not like Truba sucks. He's he, like he's not worth anything because he is. Like, you know, he's one of the most intimidating defensemen to play against in the whole league. And he's, you know, a guy who sacrifices his body almost every shift, and you need that. Um, and obviously the guys respect him in the room and that's important as well, but the offensive side of the puck, I, I don't think he should be put in so many situations when we need offense, if that makes sense. Well, you're, you're completely correct. He actually scored 50 in Winnipeg across oh, the did. games, um, in his mm-hmm. last season before coming to the Rangers and before that 60 across our 60 games, 33 points. So, I mean, the scoring touch has always been there. I think the role that he has put in now sort of made him have to adjust. But you look at guys over the years like Rick Nash learning to kill a penalty. And, you know, it's always finding that part of their game that they maybe don't quite have dialed in. that's going to make them a complete hockey player in general. So part of me feels like, you know, Truba's Truba's most valuable asset on this team is like what you said, being a shutdown defenseman. And when you pair him with a guy like Keandre, the opportunities to score are always going to come because both of those guys can handle themselves offensively. But I don't think that that's what's being asked of them. And I don't disagree about the power play thing. I feel like there's there's plenty of opportunities for guys like Keandre to show that they can handle that role. I've also seen over the years us kind of go with two defensemen in that second power play role because we just really don't feel trustworthy having a guy. You know, Adam Fox is different. You know, he can score, but he's also really defensively reliable. I mean, if he mm-hmm. had an extra gear to get back, you could see him taking even more chances. But it's interesting to me that a guy like Truba once was touted for having such uh high offensive ability. And if you watch the way he had that ability in the Jets, he would go below the goal line. He would go below the slot and he would make breaks to the net. Similarly, that we were just speaking about Fox kind of sneaking in on the backhand and making players kind of second guess their positioning on the ice. So, I mean, if Troop is going to play his best game, we're going to see that physicality. I don't like the undisciplined penalty from last night. I'm not a, a you know, screw the refs kind of guy, but sure. the officiating in that game was like alarmingly bad. Like, that goalie interference call on Mika, like e- even calls on the Coyotes, I thought were even garbage. Like there, there were some bad calls on both sides. But that Truba thing, that's just like a battle in front. Like I know the helmet comes off, but but in the in the playoffs, that's not even a thought. It was a boring game. They're kind of trying to call something. They also have the third best penalty or power play in the league at the at yeah, which is crazy. Game. So it's like <laughs> you can't take you can't give them the one chance that they're gonna need to to put the dagger in. Obviously, it was a five on three, and we did well, and we didn't. You know, it's always those moves that will come to haunt you because I can see him doing that same sort of thing again. Like mm-hmm. you said, it maybe it's a non-call. I feel Wait, like we Truba took six penalties off. last night. Oh my God. Did we? I That's think there's, there's, there's a lot. 
what we've seen so far, Igor, I would also say, hasn't maybe shown us the same season that he had last year. Mm-hmm. I think there was a lot riding on this year having some immediate success. And the things that got us success last season were Igor being Igor. There's not been, I think, a game yet where we've been completely outclassed and just been saved by Igor. Um, and I think a little bit to your point that the team does sort of play like they can just sort of outchance the other team. Joe, you had mentioned Barclay Goudreau. I felt like he was one of our best players last night. I mean, how, he had th- at least three golden opportunities to score. Cash is in. He's always the energy guy. I mean, you said VC on the top line isn't looking terrible. I would love to see Barclay get a little bit more of an elevated role because we've seen that top six um, Jesper Foss type player have some chemistry with guys like Panarin. I'd be interested to see what kind of a long-term look we get. And how do you feel about Reeves getting a healthy scratch? It felt like one of those games where maybe we wanted some energy over the boards. Yeah, I think the Goodrow thing, I mean, talk about puck luck, right? That's been the theme of the year. The Rangers haven't had much puck luck. That goal last night he got was the luckiest bounce I've ever seen in my life. Like it, the puck is like rimmed around the boards, hits the defenseman skate, like goes to the goalie in front. And he just like pokes it right out to the slot for Goodrow to bury it. Like that's as lucky as it gets, you know, on the, uh, on the offensive side. Um, but yeah, Goodrow is just like a, you know, solid 200 foot player. And, um, you know, back to your Reeves question, this is going to be a huge topic of debate, I think, on our show tonight because Sammy Blay has not necessarily stood out at all. You can make the case that like Reeves might be more important than Blay right now because, you know, aside from maybe laying one to two hits, Blay really hasn't shown much offensive upside. And not like Reeves really has this year, but at least Reeves does bring that spark, you know, like think it's his injury or you think it's just, he didn't get enough time last year with these guys and he's just not feeling comfortable out there or what? I think it's the role, the confidence. Um, you know, I think he just played a much more important role in St. Louis, you know, was brought here and, and replaced a first line winger, like it's a lot of pressure and he's not really seeing a ton of ice time. Every line he looks uncomfortable on, though. Like yeah. I see Galan trying to change him up and put him in different places, and each one he just looks kind of like, eh. yeah. I, I think it's just like confidence. I don't really know. He doesn't. He doesn't look fast. He he looks strong, but he hasn't really, you know, taken many shots. I feel like we haven't seen him dangle much at all. Like he's kind of just like out there, you know. Um, and that's like I'm not trying to knock him because like I think he's a great player, and I was really excited when we got him. But I think he's just got to find his fitting. Um, and I think that's something he hasn't he hasn't done yet. You're right, man. And and you're allowed to be honest. I feel like we're, you know, we had said something before the before the recording about how there's a difference between being a fan and a difference between having kind of your head above that water to see things mm-hmm. a little bit more clearly. And I think that we all want a return for Blay. It makes matters worse that Booch is a point per game winger at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that you're you're right in that Reeves would play a more important how about at Madison Square Garden though? Who, yeah. would you, who would you want over the boards when I talk about you know bringing energy to the ice? I would want Reeves. And I don't if we're if we're going to talk about both players maybe negatively impacting the ice offensively, um, I think that Reeves at least brings something to the team to the locker room. Especially, I would say so far I've liked Gautier far more than I've liked uh, Sammy Blay for sure. And that brings me to Kraftsoff. I'm I'm you know. I'm one of those guys that still understands the the highly, you know, offensively talented ability that Kravtsov possesses, but mi- okay, missing for the stomach <laughs> bug, like everybody, okay, whatever. Then disappointment yesterday. That was real or not real? Who's like, what's going on? Give Gautier that chance because you saw when Gautier got benched for a game and he comes mm-hmm. into it and he actually wants to be there. That's what I want to see. I mean, Carpenter coming in. 
Karp had a good game. Right place, right time, right? He, he gets a deflection goal and in a pretty, you know, crucial, crucial time in the game. I feel like Carpenter so far has shown that he's, you know, came back from that injury. I mean, he's a gamer. He wants to, he wants to be out there. And I think him getting rewarded is great. And same thing with Gautier when we saw him get benched and come into the game. But that's what's sticking out in my head. And Blay has been lost. Reeves at least has a purpose when he's out there. Um, that would be my changes moving forward is that I've seen enough from Blay and I think from Krabby as well. I think the Krab saw thing, man, like he's just he's not helping himself, you know. No. Um there, there's there's already so many now. He he's just becoming a human meme. Like he really is. Like there's so many different ways to make fun and, and joke. And it sucks because, you know, the guy has so much skill and so much potential and you just want to see him put it together. But I mean, the, when I saw the dentist thing, I was like, Oh God, like I don't st- believe it. I still don't believe it. I'm like, uh, that, call that, that upper body. Thing? I'm sorry. Well, I think, <laughs> I think Vince, Vince tweeted it, right? I think yeah, Vince tweeted it. So yeah. it, the stomach bug thing is different too. Right. Because like, if that's 10 years ago, like he's just, he's just playing like, sure. You know, like I've had so many coaches, like you're, you're playing, you know, like, like, and honestly, that's kind of what was, you know, the shift in hockey culture, right? Like you're kind of told to fight through the pain and just get out there and play. And and that's, you know, something that a lot of us have had to do, like playing at a, you know, a pretty high level. And that's something that they're trying to change now, right? Like if, if you don't really feel hundred percent, it's a regular season game, you shouldn't have to feel the need to, to force yourself to play. Sure. But in that same breath, if I'm a guy who's trying to prove everything I can to make this team and stay on this team, like there's nothing that's stopping me from playing. Yeah, you know, but look like, at look at his teammates. Barkley Goodrow injures his ankle, comes back into the playoffs, and takes a shot immediately. Well, that's, the, that's the playoffs. You know, we're not talking about November against yeah. Arizona. Like, I yeah, think but if you're a guy think... trying to prove yourself to your team too, then yeah. like you know, like stomach bug and all, like, and you've had a couple unfortunate plays into the boards where you've had an injury. Like, you're playing through that stomach. Bug. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. You know, like that's. Yeah. You know, they say like, if you don't, you know, if you don't feel it, like don't force it now in in this generation, but like at the same time, like you want to prove yourself, nothing should stop you from playing. You know, like I think to your point, Johnny, like we are changing the culture. I think mm -hmm. as, as men, as players, as, you know, people to, before you even go to your job, you know, if you're not a hundred percent, don't be there. Right. So I, I get it to a degree and I, and I, I know that we would all harp on a moment where he doesn't look 100% in the game where it ends up affecting us negatively and we end up losing because of some some small little micro um play that happens but it you know I think you said it best man he's not doing himself any favors you know no. it doesn't look good to not get out ahead of that it doesn't look good to to not do everything you can to maybe like eh, let's get this dentist thing tomorrow you know <laughs> like I, I doesn't it doesn't yeah. look good is is really the thing and I think that your appearance is unfortunately in, in the NHL like you know, 90% of your value, unfortunately. So, I mean, especially now with everything being reported, like anything you do, like, yeah, I feel bad. I do too. It's like, it's unfortunate because it's like, I, we're all fans. We all want, we all want some like 30 goal monster to come out of this guy to, you know, he gets that one and then, and then we make a montage about it. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I already, I already can see it happening, but that's the problem is that uh, that's what potential is, is that you, you already you have the folder on the happening. desktop. The problem is I know it'll slap. I know, uh-huh. I know that video reel will go crazy, it but will. what we need is some continuity. He needs to be out there. He needs to be with guys that are going to force the envelope. Um, and he hasn't had those opportunities. And, and like you said, he's not giving himself any favors and he's also the victim of just some un- unfortunate luck. And it is a really physical game, man. If you're not going to protect yourself, I think Gallant, 
was within his right to say like you can't put yourself in that position and and you yeah. got to learn that about the game so there's some layers to it and there's definitely some european um behavior that's kind of coming over and not being addressed it's also a lose-lose situation because if he doesn't go for that puck he's too soft right. but right. because he goes for it he's too soft because he gets hurt right. so like well it's the delay right it's it's yeah. the this was learned behavior. So now it's not muscle memory. So he didn't just do it instinctively. He did it mm-hmm. because he knew he had to, but it's like anything. You're just a, a second late and it's all the difference. I, for Kravi, obviously I, I, I'm not holding out just yet, but I think he's going to make a great Florida Panther. By the way. A Florida Panthers. I'm said? sorry. What? No, he said, I, I think he's going to be great on the Panthers. I think, I think he's going to blow it up on the, on the, plane, <laughs> but I just, uh, Kravi and blue man. I don't see, I don't see it coming. Unfortunately. I, I I don't know if I see it as well, but I don't know if his value is like. Oh no, no, yeah, we're in a bad spot now because it's like now. Yeah. yeah, he's killing his value left and right here. Yeah. Um. No, I, I think I think. Listen, it's it's going to be an interesting narrative that we're going to be talking about probably all season. You know, I I don't think there's an answer until time just tells. So, like e- even right now, like with all the line juggling that's going on, where are you even putting him right now? Like I like. I don't even know. Like I actually, you know, you talk about Julian Goche and I've been super high on him honestly since the beginning of the season like all the tools are there for him. He has the speed, he has the size. He just has to be able to finish. Like that's literally all he's missing. That's imagine it. imagine Gautier's body with Adam Fox's brain. Like <laughs> best hockey player in the league. Like, <laughs> out of all the tools in the planet, man. But uh honestly it'd be like he'd be like McKinnon maybe. If, if that was like a combination uh, McKinnon's a little more explosive but like same kind of physical appearance if you if you if you will johnny we're gonna have to do this again man but thank you so much for taking the time and, and john with us um yeah for any of you that want to check out the blue crew we'll have a link in the description for you let's go rangers brother let's go thank rangers. you guys appreciate it happy to come on whenever let's go appreciate rangers you, thanks guys thanks johnny cheers